dumb idiot. Looks like you got yourself a saucy hand. Yeah, I do. Try yourself a Picasso boneless wing. Hmm. Maybe next. Wrong. Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Folks, welcome into another edition of the Crowd Assist Podcast. I'm your host today, Kevin Misseri. Here with one of our main men, Cullen, and one of my favorite, favorite crossover guests from the Colts. Um, we have good conversations throughout the year. Even was a honorary Bills fan uh, Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago yeah. um, in a crazy Monday Night game. We got Cody Felger. Cody, what's going on, man? Well, first I got to say, man, I'm, I'm sad with your Bills for letting me down uh, against the Titans, man. That was awful to watch. You had to go one for one on letdowns, man. Like, there's, there's, <laughs> we, we've had too many years of that. I mean. You got a good game um, back then in, in Tennessee. Like they, of course, were the healthiest they had been all year. Caught some some good some penalty luck. Caught some good. I mean, just all around like a slip on fourth and goal, a decision to take it into overtime. Don't think they wanted to have it go to a coin flip, honestly. Um, and quite frankly, they felt like they were going to score there pretty. I mean, statistics say ninety percent on Josh Allen fourth and one plays. So you know, they felt pretty, they felt pretty good about that, but we appreciate your support there for the game. Um, and maybe we'll get at back at it again. Um, at some point when we play them, we used to play the Titans every year. Um, but that's, that's a, that's a discussion for you to go through as, um, fighting jockeying with them as they're somehow now the number one team in the NFL, which is just absolutely um, remarkable for you look at that roster and it's shocking Cody. Um, mm-hmm. so I want to start there with you. just kind of division talk. Um, what is your opinion in, you know, around the Colts about, about the Titans? Do you guys look at them like, you know, the best team in the AFC, like, like talk to me about like the opinion around that and like the division in general. Yeah. Well, the, they're not really concerned, obviously with the last, the other two teams, Jacksonville and, right. Houston, you know, like not really concerned. I mean, Jacksonville credit them. They have a really good defensive line. You guys learned that. Unfortunately, <laughs> Josh Allen is a monster. They're Josh Allen. He's a monster. But, yeah, man, um, as far as the Tennessee goes, you know, honestly, if you ask most Colts fans, we don't feel like Tennessee is heads and shoulders better than us. You know what I mean? Like, we feel like, personally, I mean, we feel like we they may have more top-end talent, you know, with the Derrick Henrys and the Julio Jones and the A.J. Browns, those kind of guys. But we feel like we're right up there in terms of talent with them as well. So, yeah, Tennessee, though, I will say this. Their, their Achilles heel had been their, their defense. Their defense was not good, especially against the pass. And they have really uh, stepped it up this year. They've been able to, you know, some of those guys that they signed in the offseason, I really wasn't that concerned at first, but, you know, they've credited them, man. They have shown out. And I think that's the big reason why Tennessee is able to, you know, take down some of those big heavyweight teams that they played, you know, the Rams, you guys, other teams like that, because, yeah, they've actually been able to invest in their defense and a lot of money in free agency. They are in that win-now mode. And, you know, credit them. It has worked out in their favor so far, but – from a Colts fan's perspective, you feel like, man, especially in that last game, like we were right there, right? Like we should have probably won that game. Like we were up at one point, like right at the beginning, up 14-0. Like, and I think that's been just the difference between the Colts and the Titans overall is the fact that the Titans have been able to finish and beat these good teams. 
Colts have been in those games, like with the Rams and with some of those teams like that, with the Ravens, but they just haven't been able to finish. And I think easily the Colts could could be a seven-win football team right now, very easily. So that's been, I think, honestly, the, the biggest thing, the execution, the coaching, things of that nature. And you know, that's the reason why the Colts are, are scratching their way into the playoffs right now. Certainly. Like, I mean, we, 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 we totally understand the sentiment. Like, uh, I mean, the bills certainly, um, should, you know, real realistically shouldn't have any losses. Um, but you know, they do have a couple, couple real weird games, like, and one where bills fans that today, at least why it's relevant, the Jacksonville game is relevant because out of nowhere, our starting right tackle Spencer Brown goes on the COVID list. Now third round rookies played. Okay. Um, and to bills fans, he's played really well on a good rookie deal. He's shown some good athletic promise. The team was just buzzing last week um, against a poor Jets team. But at the same time, we didn't care. We needed to see like them kick back on all cylinders. Um, but what's interesting about that is that's what had happened prior to the Jags game. Now, Josh Allen wrecked the game. The other Josh Allen wrecked the game. And they just had a phenomenal game plan against the Bills. And they, they're starting to, the Jaguars are starting to play better in general as they played okay last week as well. Um, but I mean, they had a great game plan that we hadn't really seen all season. The Bills just at, you know, it's not like them to not have energy, but they didn't have it in that Jags game. And what's important here, Cody, is the loss of that right tackle. Um, we don't know how big that is. It shouldn't be big because, honestly, he's an average tackle, in my opinion, at this stage of his career. However, the kind of ball that that sent into motion against the Jaguars was you're moving your right guard to right tackle. You're putting in a right, a flopped, failing um, second-round draft pick in Cody Ford that most people will agree is, is is failed at this point of his career, and you know you already have Ike Butker, a backup left guard, too, um, John Feliciano on the other side. It led to a perfect storm of incidents where Josh Allen just literally had no time to throw. Um, Josh, the other Josh Allen had an interception, a fumble recovery, just just a perfect storm for them to win nine six, and the Bills probably still should have won, uh, all things considered, in that game. And then, you know, you saw the Titans game with the with the failed fourth and one, uh, fourth and inches, really. Um, so, you know, we, we we totally understand. And then we lost on a block punt week one against Pittsburgh in a terrible weather game in, in Orchard Park. Yeah. So, you know, you put all that together and the, Bill, the Bills have won by like 200 points. They've only lost by like 10 cumulative points. So they feel the same way. Like they could really realistically easily have one loss, maybe zero. Um, so we totally understand that. And what's really funny, I want to bounce this to you is, my pick, we did a schedule draft in the beginning of the year. We drafted the Bills schedule. My first round pick was the Colts game. I love the energy um, that we had. It wasn't very many fans there, obviously, last year, but I thought the Colts played super well in that in that wild card round. The Bills gave the Bills everything they could handle, took some great Josh Allen throws on the sideline, really got the literally every ounce, squeezed every ounce, and what a fumble, really late desperation play, but really a fumble late in that game could have at least put you in position to take it overtime. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it, it was that close of a game. And like we were talking off air, man, like the Colts team's a little bit different this year too and only just a few months after that game with Carson Wentz. Like, and I think that's something that I even I actually pointed out in that Buffalo game. I think that Buffalo game brought a lot of different points, like for me, for how the Colts should attack the offseason was first off, you know, I saw Josh Allen and I was like, man, I wish we had a quarterback that could do that, you know, that could run, that could actually make plays with his legs things of that nature. Cause obviously Phil rivers is nearly 40 with a bruised toe and all that stuff. I mean, it's as immobile as it comes, you know, I, he played fine, but you do wonder 
you know, what could the Colts have done with, with a quarterback like that, you know? So that was my biggest thing. Like I want a quarterback that can play like that, you know, he's not going to be perfect, but you know, I think the Colts have had that in Carson Wentz and that's been the big difference in their offense this year is the fact that maybe they're not as efficient because Phil Rivers is so efficient, but like, there, the big play is a lot more there this year for the Colts. Um, and Carson Wentz is more of that gunslinger mentality where he, you know, he's not afraid to, to take the hit, not afraid to run, throw on the run, make a play, escape out of the pocket, you know, do some of those things. That, honestly, it's the first time the Colts have seen that since 2018 with Andrew Luck. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's going to be a very interesting game because, you know, there's some of those players that the Colts had last year that had pretty good games. You know, you think, Jonathan Taylor, who I think had a hundred yard game against you guys. He's tied right now with Derrick Henry for the league lead in running, running right now. Um, and then you have Michael Pittman who also had a really good game, who is just, he's top 10 in receiving yards. The tight ends last year too. Yeah. The tight ends last year, the tight ends. Um, at the time, I think you had three that absolutely, um, played a role in that, in that game. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they drafted a guy this year. He's starting to get a little bit more involved in the offense, um, and also the edge rush. That was the biggest concern for the Colts. And clearly the Colts understood that. They went and drafted two guys in the first two rounds and, and Quiddy Pay and Dio Adangbo. I mean, that that honestly was what, like, I honestly had no beef with that because I literally watched that game. I was like, the Colts had that game if they could have gotten some consistent pressure on Josh Allen. I felt like they got some pressure, but just wasn't enough, honestly, to win that game. So, yeah, I mean, the Colts are in the early stages of some of these things, like, you know, Carson Wentz is, he's still figuring it out. He's, he's looked really good. He's looked, he's had some moments where he's not been so good. Um, but overall, mm. I think he's been, you know, I would say above average to pretty good for the Colts. And, you know, that's what the Colts need, man. Uh, they just need a, a quarterback like that, that can, you know, help take the pressure off of Jonathan Taylor and what he's doing in that run game and really keep the Colts balanced offensively, uh, which I think is big. And also in this game, um, it'll be good for the Colts because going into that Buffalo game, they're down to like their third left tackle with Costanzo yeah. out. Um, so the Colts actually have their whole offensive line healthy, which I think is big in this game. Um, so it's going to be a, an interesting matchup for sure, man, um, with this game, especially like you mentioned with your right tackle, Spencer Brown out for this game. Um, I think that could potentially swing in the Colts favor a little bit more than, you know, if he was to play. Yeah, Cody. So you talk about Spencer Brown being out, and on the defensive side, we still aren't sure if Starlatula, our, our big guy in the middle, mm-hmm. is going to be declared from the COVID list either. Um, Jonathan Taylor, he's proven that he's a top three back, top two back in the league. I mean, the AFC South has the two best backs in the league, and Henry and Taylor. Aside from Taylor, who else is uh, Wentz going to have options to go to? Uh, I know it might be rainy. I think it's a 60% chance of rain. But if they got to throw the football aside from Pittman and Taylor out of the backfield, who else does does this Bills secondary, who's proven that they're probably the best secondary in football, who do they have to worry about? Is it Hines coming out of the backfield? I know T.Y.'s been on and off the field. Pascal's been hurt. Who who we should we be worried about, assuming Trey can take away Pittman? Yeah, um, so I think you mentioned some of those names. Hines is always dangerous. He can run between the tackles, and he also can catch it out of the backfield. So he's kind of like when he's on the field, you always have to account for him. I mean, him and Taylor are equally very fast, like, but Heinz just is a little bit more shifty than Taylor. You know, he's a little bit smaller, hard to take, hard to take down, all those type of things. Um, so yeah, outside of outside of Heinz and Pittman, I, I think you mentioned TY is his second game back. Didn't really do anything in the Jacksonville game, but you know, the Col- whole Colts offense kind of was stagnant in that second half. Um, 
So we understand. Suffering for that. Uh, what was that? We understand. Yeah. The second yeah, half we, of Jaguars games, we again. Get it. <laughs> it was the defensive line kept getting pressure on Wentz, so I don't really blame him. You know, as much as maybe some people do. But then, uh, you know, you throw in Zach Pascal, who's always a reliable receiver. You always have to account for him. He's nothing special, but he's always, like, very solid. Uh, the Colts have, do have some other guys, um, like Desmond Patman, Mike uh, Mike Strawn. They have Kiki Kuti, who is actually um, on the Texans. He hasn't really done anything, but there's the, those are all guys that you probably need to account for. You mentioned Kevin, the tight ends. Uh, Mo Cox, who is ginormous. He's a nightmare map. He's a matchup nightmare. Four defenders. I mean, he's six foot six, nearly 280 pounds. So he's a red zone threat. Anytime you throw it up to him, he's pretty much guaranteed to catch it. It seems like he's got those giant oven mitts of hands. Um, and also uh, Jack Doyle, I think he scored in that Buffalo game last last year as well. He's just reliable. He always finds ways to get open. I mentioned, uh, didn't mention Kylan Granson yet. He was the fourth round pick for the Colts this year. The last two weeks, especially, he hasn't been targeted a ton. But he is like the most dangerous receiving option the Colts have at tight end. And he's made two clutch catches in back-to-back weeks for this offense to move the chain. Mm. So, I mean, he's always a guy you just got to account for. You know, he hasn't had maybe the season that we all anticipated, but he's still a threat um, there at the tight end room. So that's kind of just a rundown, I guess, of this Colts offense in general. I kind of just named every single Yeah, that's fine. The thing is with this team, they spread it out so much, you, you, you have to account for everybody. You just have to. Yeah. I mean, that that's I have to talk about the O-line. That's usually um, I think Sean McDermott complimented the offensive line um, a little bit there. You know, how are you feeling about the O-line in general? Like, what do you think about it? It's been fairly healthy, I see, except Sam Tevy has been out, but hasn't yeah. played this year. I don't know well, if he would have anyways. But yeah, to um, be fair, he's he's awful. We, he was going to get cut. <laughs> yeah. OK, so yeah. he's on your he's really your only injury on your offensive line. I mm-hmm. mean, you're really your offense is fairly healthy now. You know, you're yeah. missing Paris Campbell. But outside of that, mm-hmm. like. Paris Campbell's Paris Campbell, but I mean, you're not really missing a ton there. Like, so talk to me about the O-line. Like you've got some good luck, injury luck, health on the offensive side, at least. Um, That's good for at least in the offensive line perspective. Yeah. There was a couple guys who have kind of been banged up or not hundred percent. Quentin Nelson, he got, he got, he came off a couple snaps, but he he actually went back in. So we think he's good to go. I think he, he practiced today. So he's going to go like Quentin Nelson. If he can go, he will go. Um, So, you know, my biggest concern, I guess, right now is still the left tackle with Eric Fisher. He's he's really, really good at, at run blocking, like really good. Where he struggles, and this is where you guys might find some success, is he really struggles against pass rushers, like speed pass rushers. He really struggles a lot. Like, jo- like Josh Allen was having his way with Eric Fisher okay. last week. Now, the offensive line in general didn't play very good. That's not the norm for them. Normally they're pretty good, especially in, in run blocking. Um, but Eric Fisher, I think, would be a place for you guys to attack for sure. Because everybody else has actually played pretty well, all things considered. Um, not really a whole lot of pressures given up normally. But Eric Fisher has consistently been the guy that a lot of defensive coordinators have picked on. And uh, he's kind of struggled. You know, you do wonder, like, is he still have a little bit of a lingering thing from that Achilles injury? Because um, his anchor just isn't that great still. Um, he's still getting overpowered sometimes. So, other than that, though, um, if they're fully healthy, I mean, this offensive line is is right up there with anybody, yeah. especially if Eric Fisher can hold his own at left tackle. That's just been the biggest issue so far for this team besides health. 
Yeah, certainly. And I know like the bills drum up a lot of, of different style of pressures. They like, you know, they really rely on their secondary. Like they do think it's the best secondary in the league currently. Um, PFF says they, they are um, two top ranked safety, you know, the safety play has been awesome here, Cody. It's been mm-hmm. absolutely saying Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Like, I, I mean, it's just tough when they're in two zone, you know, too deep. It is tough. Um, they have absolutely like, just dismantled Mike White. Mike White called himself the – he should have been the first overall pick in the 2018 draft, <laughs> by the way. I saw that. I know he was joking, oh. but, like, the Bills <laughs> just did not enjoy that very much. And they're like, yeah, we just had a terrible game against Jacksonville. And they just – they had some garbage time with Joe Flacco at the end of the game, but they just couldn't move – like, they just could not figure out the defense. Like, they just could not. Now, someone we haven't talked about, and I think – I can't remember where you stand on Carson Wentz, but mm-hmm. I don't remember you or Derek, um, your podcast host – um you guys are pro Carson Wentz right like do you think he should be your long-term answer and like I've always been a Carson Wentz guy because I thought he was always been on good teams like whether he's been good or not is a question but his teams have always been good he's always drumming up wins like kind of gets that Josh Allen previous to to good Josh Allen. he kind of got that reputation that Josh had for a while of like how good is he really like but Josh just wins football games and that's kind of how I feel about Carson Wentz a little little hiccups this year but he just wins football games yeah, I mean, like people, I don't know why the narrative is like that around Carson yeah. Wentz. Like, oh, Carson, like the reason why the Colts are five and five is because of Carson Wentz, right? The reason why they're not better is that's such such like BS to me because, like, you know, you look at some of these games, like people just forget, like, okay, Carson had this freak thing with his foot. He missed all of training camp, missed all the preseason, and he's played very well, I think, overall, you know, not having and missing T.Y. Hilton for an extended period of time missing Paris Campbell for the majority of the season. Um, I think overall, outside of that Jacksonville game, which wasn't a good game, you know, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and I'll give them credit, you know, it was, they did a great job against this offense. They just couldn't get anything going. Everybody has a bad day once in a while. Outside of that and, like, two decisions in that Tennessee game, Carson Wentz has been absolutely spectacular this year for the Colts, honestly. He has. And and the, the people will look at the stats and be like, oh, he's not really done, hasn't done a whole lot of things like special, but – you're right, Kevin, in the fact that he has put the Colts in positions to win those football games, right? Like, you know, if, if the offensive line was able to protect him, for example, um, in that Rams game, right, if Aaron Donald wasn't injuring both of his ankles, there's a good chance he goes down and leads the Colts down to to beat the Rams in that game or at least get it to overtime. Um, I really think there's a chance that he does that. Um, so he wasn't the issue in that game, right? Um, I kind of give grace in the Seattle game because he was getting hit a lot. There was, you know, it was his first game back after really no preseason action. But then you look at like the Baltimore game. He threw for over 400 yards in that game and the Colts still ended up losing that game. So I don't know how in the world you can blame Carson Wentz for that loss. And even the same, like the Colts didn't lose against the Jets, but the fact that Carson Wentz and company put up 42 points in three quarters and he still had to stay out on the field because the defense was just letting them score. I mean, Carson Wentz has not been the issue this year for the Colts. Now, one thing I'll say with Carson, he does have his faults. He's not a perfect quarterback. You know, he makes dumb gunslinger decisions sometimes. Sometimes he makes those left-handed shuffle passes, and you're just like, what are you doing? Um, and Frank Reich's even called him out for it. You know, he's even told him, like, hey, I don't like that. Don't do that. And if you do, you better own it, you know. So, uh, but overall, I think Carson's been been a good quarterback. I think he's, he's right. I think, honestly, I, I don't know if a lot of Colts fans feel this, but, like, He's proven to me that he can at least be the long, he can at least be a solution for the next five years. I really don't believe he's been an issue. 
with this Colts team. And, you know, if the Colts were able to finish a couple of those games, then we're looking at the Colts in a whole different light. You know, we're looking at Carson Wentz maybe in a whole different light as well. So, yeah, I'm a pro Carson Wentz guy. Um, I think he's he's a great teammate. You know, I don't know where the narratives come from where people say Carson Wentz is a bad teammate. He was selfish. He was this. He was that. I've literally seen none of that so far. So, yeah, I think overall the teammate, team loved him. Um, his teammates love him. And, you know, Colts fans from the majority, they really enjoy him at quarterback. He is a gunslinger, though, so sometimes he makes those decisions where you're just like, what are you doing? But overall, I mean, I think the positives have far outweighed the negatives so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, the you know, we understand here in Buffalo we have – a very similar style of player who's very mobile, who's gunslinger, played a gunslinger style against Jacksonville that they, I mean, maybe there's something to that Jacksonville defense, man. I don't know. Maybe some, they found something. I mean, they did. They figured out something that they saw on the tape against the bills and then clearly implemented some good stuff against the Colts too. So, yeah. um, I mean, they're not as pushovery as the pushovers could be, um, like the Houston's of the world. Um, and I mean, I even think the dolphins are terrible. Um, like they're, I, I think the Jags present like they have a really strength of the team that a lot of those bad teams don't have. But mm-hmm. uh, so you can't really fault Carson in that in that regards. And you, just like we don't need Josh, like Bills didn't have an offensive line that game, which is a mismatch. I mean, just just whatever. Like the Bills clearly were just didn't didn't uh, perform well against that. But um, you know, as you fast forward to though, I got I got to switch sides of the ball now. The Bills offense is is humming like right mm-hmm. currently. But they can turn off. It turns off, which is interesting for the talent that they have on that side of the ball. A lot of people blaming the offensive line. Um, the Colts' defense, though. So, like, that's something, like, that's – they didn't play particularly well in the playoff game either. Um, but, I mean, with some help there, like you mentioned earlier in the show, it could have been a little bit of a different of, of an outcome with some pass rush and a few other things. Um, and I think you're pretty vocal about not liking Xavier Rhodes. So, tell me about, like, the DBs. Like, what's going on with, you know – allowing 23 points per game right now. I mean, still, that's still 13th in the NFL. Um, yeah. So it's still yeah. not terrible. Right. And the thing is, like, they are so good at taking the ball away. They, they take the ball away multiple times per game. Like, I think they're at least top two. At getting, yeah, at one is the Bills, two are the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's not been the issue. The issue for me has been what well, combination of things, I guess. I'm not a big fan of the scheme the Colts run because, I don't know, like, sometimes I feel like they get way too soft in that zone coverage. And it allows those good quarterbacks to just tear them apart. You know, it allows quarterbacks to just have way too much time back there in the pocket. Um, and that kind of feeds into the pass rush. You know, the Colts, they they went and they addressed, you know, the the pass rush department in the first two rounds. But they just a couple of weeks ago only got back Dio Adangbo, who was, you know, got that injury. That's why he fell to the second round. So he's coming back and he's played well. But for a good majority of the season, they didn't have him. Um, you had some other guys like, you know, Quiddy pay. He was dealing with a little bit of an injury early on. So the Colts for a little bit, didn't really have any edge presence at all. And so that was really, uh, really hurting their defense quite a bit. The fact that they literally could not do anything and get to the quarterback at all or disrupt timing at all. Um, cause the force Buckner's a lot, a lot of times getting double and triple teamed out there. So like, sure. um, their pass rush just hasn't been that great. It's getting better. Like Quiddy's really been really, really been good the last couple weeks. So I think he's now an ascending player. Dio actually had the game winning. Uh, I think he had the game winning force fumble in that game. So he's starting to turn it on a little bit. He's just so long, so hard to block out there. Um, but then also the Colts have had their share of injuries, right? The, you know, Xavier Rhodes, he seems like he gets hurt about every week at this point. 
So he's got it. And when he's out there, he's no good. He's been really terrible, actually, for the Colts. I understand <laughs> playing through injury. But, like, when you're doing that and you're hurting your team, like, just don't play, man. Like, come on. So Xavier Rhodes has been a liability at corner. Um, I will say, though, the other corners have actually played pretty well. Like last week, Isaiah Rogers, who was a, a six-round pick in 2020, he he's like he's a little bit undersized, but he makes up for it. He has elite speed out there. Um, and I thought he played really, really well in that Jacksonville game. So even if Xavier comes back this week, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't start, honestly, with how bad he has played. Because he's been the main yeah. issue at corner. All the other corners I've been actually have played pretty well. Like Rocky Sin, I know he had kind of a rough second year, but he's actually been a top 20 corner according to PFF so far this year. And then Kenny Moore, I think, is the best slot corner in football. So the Colts have at least two of their three starting spots, I think, kind of figured out or you feel pretty good about it. And if Isaiah Rodgers continues to play, I think that that unit's going to play a little bit better than they have maybe. And maybe the stats are a little bit misleading. But also the fact that the Colts are missing both of their starting safeties, I think is the, probably the main reason. Julian Blackman, who you know played in that game against Buffalo, he got injured, he's out for the year. And then Kari Willis, who is uh, the strong safety the Colts have, he, he got placed on IR a couple weeks ago, won't be available for this game. But uh, so the Colts have been trying to figure out safety and, and their safeties that he tried to fill with, at least up to this point, have not played well. So that's kind of been, I guess, there's a lot of different reasons and pointing blame at different places. But I think all, all of these reasons kind of contribute to why this defense has kind of taken a step back here this year. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned DeForest Buckner, and he's he's a monster on the inside. And mm-hmm. you also have Darius Leonard, who's one of the best linebackers in, in the NFL. We saw him go out of that Jacksonville game, came back in. He's been on the injury report this week. If he is unable to go, uh, what changes for that defense? Because we know he's the, the voice of that defense. He captains everything up. How does that change the, the mindset of the Colts defense going into this game against the high-flying Buffalo offense? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's like losing your best player, you know. It's it's tough. It's going to be tough sledding for this team that's already struggled a lot this year defensively to lose that voice out there. Um, I think they'll probably try to replace him with, like, EJ Speed, who's also a pretty athletic guy, but pretty raw still as well. So, but, yeah, I mean, it's just like when you lose a leader like that, like, that that's just going to hurt everything, you know. That, that's just going to hurt where your, where your team goes, you know. Um so it's going to be a big loss if Darius Leonard can't play. Fortunately, I think he was a limited participant today. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I think he did come back into that game, if I'm not mistaken, that yes. Jacksonville game. Um, and he was a part of that game-winning fumble of the Colts' cause. So, I mean, the dude is just – what can you say about him, man? He he lives up to that name, the maniac. Like, he's causing mayhem in the backfield all the time defensively. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is a turnover forcer, man. He's forced – so many turnovers this year. I feel like about one a game. Um, so if he doesn't go, man, that's a big loss for this defense. For sure. I mean, you did. I mean, the Colts and the Bills, randomly enough, followed the same schedule of first and second round defensive ends. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of people now saying, like, the Bills kind of went luxury with it because, you know, look at the offensive line. Like, it was a pretty um, easy to say, like, the Bills are inactivating their second round. They're they're so deep on their roster. Um that they're inactivating Boogie Basham and Boogie was active last week, which was great to see. And the team played better. Um, But you know, they're inactivating their second round pick because they're too deep. Now, what's your opinion on the Colts side when you have Quiddy pay and Deo, like how, how are you feeling? Like a lot of debate right now in or among bills fans about, 
the back to the runner runner with medium rookie level production. Let's, let's call it what it is. What's your opinion on how the Colts made out? Like maybe I don't necessarily mean long-term I mean, as of 2021. Yeah. I mean, I think I liked what they did like in the draft. Like I was fine with that because you lost a couple pieces and I've said this before. I think letting Danico Watry go was the biggest mistake Chris Ballard mm-hmm. probably made in his tenure. Cause I mean, he's killing it with Tennessee and you know, he, he wasn't ever spectacular, but like, he always just made a play when he mm-hmm. needed him to make a play defensively. And the Colts elected to go young defensively on that defensive end position. And, you know, I, and I, and we knew this probably would happen if, if you decided to go young, you know, it's nothing against those guys. They just need to acclimate right. themselves to the NFL level a little bit more. It's going to take some more time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not as surprised. Maybe some people are at kind of the drop off that the Colts have had, but I think the good news is like now that Dio and Quiddy have now been healthy for a couple of weeks, like they're starting to turn it on a little bit. Something's starting to, to switch in them a little bit. So, I mean, I think Quiddy could potentially, he had his first sack uh, last week against Jacksonville. He's consistently getting pressure. It just hasn't necessarily translated into sacks, but he's been impacting the quarterback quite a bit the last couple of weeks. Now, again, granted, I know it is the Jets and I know it is the Jaguars, but, you know, it's good to see for him that he's, because the Colts have drafted a lot of guys on the defensive end position in the last couple of years. And really none of them have panned out to how high you drafted him. So to see Quiddy kind of putting it together a little bit, he was always pretty good against the run, but the fact that now he's starting to, to bring some more juice in the pass department, I, I mean, I think that's great, but yeah, I think this, it still is, I will say this, the pass rush for the Colts is still a work in progress. Like it's not sure. great by any means, but it definitely helps to get somebody, some sort of threat on the edge and I think just as they go along, it's going to get better with time if they can stay healthy. But right now, you know, they're starting to get a little bit more confident, which I think is good, obviously, for the defense. But it's not quite there yet. You know, they have a few guys that like like Kamoko Ture, who was a second round pick years ago. He's he's off and on. He's hot and cold. He, he's a good pass rusher. But, you know, sometimes he just kind of disappears for stretches and I haven't seen him in a while. He's been playing, but hasn't really done a whole lot. And, Beyond those guys, like on the defensive line for the defensive ends, nobody really scares you. It's all just, you know, guys that are okay to below average. So, yeah, yeah, uh, nothing to really write home about besides those guys, really. Hmm. Very certainly. I mean, for us, I guess, following in the same mold, like right after, you you know, Quiddy Pay, you know, we went Gregory Rousseau, which Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume, maybe I'm wrong, I I would assume the Bills would have been interested in Pay had – maybe the Colts win a different defensive end there. Um, Gregory Rousseau has been pretty good for the bills. Like he's been probably what they're looking for out of the whole very late round, first round pick Mm -hmm. can be a tough position to hit on from like, you know, 25 to 35. It's a tough range. Um, And the bills went defensive end there and and it worked out. And um, he's been a pretty good member of, of the roster right now and something the bills were lacking. Um, then he went and doubled down on it with Boogie Basham, who has shown some stretches, but he just doesn't get enough playing time with the way that others have developed. Um, they go vet heavy. The Bills like to go vet heavy at a lot of times. So um, they've gotten a lot of AJ Epinesa last year, second round pick. Um, so um, there's been some interesting nuggets. So we've been right there with you with trying to find these young defensive ends. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's Bills Colts aside. There's just not a lot of them. Like, look, the, the, the Colts got, you know, are developing. The Bills guys are developing. It hasn't been a real hit position though, right, Cody? Across really? the league, young defensive yeah. ends. It's hard, man. It's hard outside of like finding those guys that are 
like top five picks, like the Chase Youngs, like some right. of those guys. It's hard to hit on defensive ends. It's so hard. I mean, the Colts have honestly just drafted because of intangibles at certain points because, like, it's such a crapshoot, you know, beyond that. So, yeah, it is hard, man, to find premier pass rushers. Sometimes you hit on them. Sometimes you don't. Uh, the Colts, unfortunately, that's been their biggest weakness is drafting defensive ends so far. Um, you know, they have they've drafted, let's see. So in 2018, they drafted two guys in the second round. Really, neither of them have necessarily, you know, lived up to that second round hype. Like Tyquan Lewis has been probably the best one, but you know he wasn't. He hasn't been like stellar. He's been he's probably been average to above average. And then Kamoko Ture, he, he's shown flashes, but he's been injured, you know. And then Ben Banigou, who they drafted a year later in the second round, he's been a healthy scratch. So it's such a crapshoot trying to find this anymore, man. And I think the Colts probably are when they went and you know, drafted pay and drafted a dangbo. They're just like, we just got to get dudes in there. We can't just, you know, draft, you know, obviously we draft with talent, but we can't just strictly do that anymore. We really need to figure out some guys that can be long-term solutions to this defensive end uh, room. Cause it's been an issue. Like honestly, since Robert Mathis retired, it's been an issue yeah. for this team. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, outdoors in a, We'll see what the environment is. Colin mentioned there could be 60% chance of rain. Um, any worries on the on intangibles front of just things you can't control? Like, do you like playing outdoors, like on, on the road? Like, give me, some, give me some stuff around those kind of things. Yeah, I, I think this team is probably honestly built for that more than like, you know, just a clean game overall. Like, you know, they played in a monsoon a couple weeks ago in San Francisco and didn't start off great, but, you know, they're able to just establish the run, establish a line of scrimmage, kind of slow down the 49ers run. That's kind of what this team is built to do right now. I mean, you know, they're very – and this is what maybe will go in the Colts' favor if, it, if indeed it is kind of a nasty game. Like, all their wide receivers, they they teach them to run block very well. Like, all their guys are pretty good at run blocking. So, I mean, their motto is run the ball. Like, that's been their motto for a couple of years now. And I think if it's one of those nasty, sloggy games, you know, I think they're set up well, actually, with how healthy they are to just do that and do that really well. Especially, like you said, if Star Lutele is out, uh, I think that could potentially be big for this team running the football because, you know, they're they're healthy pretty much for the first time this year. Um, See that. Fully healthy, which is kind of yeah. crazy, like, to say that. Because at one point, they were out, like, three starters, and it was just insane. Yeah. And like the Bills, they're in a pretty tough stretch here. They're going, I mean, Bills have actually played a really interesting type of schedule between like the Titans, Jags, Jets, like almost like literally the last same couple weeks. I mean, and then you're going obviously the Bills and you're on Texans. Obviously, the Bills played right before that too. You're going Buccaneers, Patriots. It's this, we have the same schedule, like almost, almost, beside a few of those NFC games being a little different. Um, they have, Pretty similar stretch run. Anyways, um, you know, you got the Bills, the Bucks, Texans, whatever, the Patriots, Cardinals. So, like, that's a tough stretch of football. Like, that's a little hard because of the Cardinals there. That's even a little harder than the Bills stretch. Like, it's go time, and it's pretty good time to get healthy. And, like, you probably got to come away with a couple of those. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I'm so tired of, of what happened last year where the Colts had to hope and pray that a certain team beat a certain team in, in week 16 so that they could go to the playoffs. Like, just you can control your own destiny now. Just win out, you know, win, steal some of these games that you need to steal. You know, I think the Colts absolutely have to beat New England. They have to beat the Raiders. You know, those are teams that are yeah. both fighting for wild card spots at this point. 
that's something they've struggled with. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, like they have struggled to beat the good teams, the playoff teams. They've come close, but they can't, they've struggled to finish this year a lot. And if they can like finish against some of these teams, steal a couple games that they, they aren't favored in that they're not supposed to win. I mean, that'll go a long way for their playoff push. If they want any, honestly, I look at it like this. If they want any chance of being a playoff team, they have to beat playoff teams, you know? And if they don't, they don't deserve the playoffs, honestly. Like, that's kind of where I'm at with this team. I've seen them just do this time and time again, and you're right, it's go time with them. And if they can't do it, well, then they need to reevaluate some things about their team this year. Certainly. I mean, like, look, we have that. We face this all the time, Cody. Like, you've beaten the Dolphins, the 49ers, pretty good win, the Texans, the Jets, the Jaguars. So we get this a lot. We get this a lot too. We have similar wins with a Chiefs on the road win. Outside of that, though, like they get that man. We get two Jets wins, two Dolphins win every year. Lost to the Jaguars, beat the Texans, the the football team. Um, so like we get it. Like people keep it now. The reason the Bills are ranked, you know, three or four or five is because they don't have that win. It might. Beside the Chiefs, like this is a big game for the Bills because like they need a big AFC win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we both do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We both need to beat teams that aren't the Texans and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Like, like at some point, yes, it doesn't. Or you can only beat who's in front of you, but you do need to. T- I mean, at some point, you do need to. One of us needs to beat the Titans. <laughs> like, one of us needs to um, um, beat the Ravens. Um, you know, so like it is a pretty big like get right game. Like both ways, like it could go a long way for the Colts and for the Bills. Like they weren't expecting to have the Patriots right on their heels. They were expecting to if something happens against the Colts to survive like kind of saw it against the Jaguars and I think the Bills kind of threw that game away now with the Jaguars game the Patriots are right there the Bills have a lot to play for in this when they probably honestly when they saw the schedule when it came out probably weren't expecting to be like oh the Colts show up and they play super good it is what it is like we'll we'll move on and just continue to to win other games they don't have that buffer anymore Cody so I think that's what makes this game be pretty, pretty good is that they certainly don't want New England anywhere near a home game in the playoffs. No, um, no. They're going to, I mean, so how does that happen? Obviously you beat the Patriots, but outside of that, like a game like this um, is, is, is got a lot of AFC ramifications because could this be another first round matchup, Cody? Is it, this has got a lot of potential to be back to back wildcard rounds. It could be, man. It really could be. Uh Oh, yeah. It, and it's the same thing. The Colts cannot BS their way into any more games where, you know, they play two quarters and then they just fall asleep. Like, they just can't. They can't afford to do that. Sure. They've done this this whole season. And it's the same way. Like, both, I feel like both of our teams are backs are against the wall a little bit right now. And we're like, we have to win. Like, and if we don't win, like, there might be some, at least for us, there might be some changes next year, you know? Like we, we are, I don't think the question for me for this team is talent at all. I think it's just been execution has been poor in certain situations and, you know, you have to reevaluate yourself after, you know, you make a bunch of moves this off season and you go backwards, honestly, from what I believe is still a really good roster. I mean, so it is. Yeah. um, I give the Colts a lot of respect after they came to Buffalo in a pretty tough elements. Um, And Phillip Rivers played a great game. I know he's gone, but um um, I mean, it was a good football game all the way around. They gave the NFL a good game. Um, and like I said, I picked them right after the chiefs and the bucks games as the next best game on the bill schedule. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so this to me is the third best game on the schedule. Is it going to end up being that it's still got a chance. It's still got a chance mm-hmm. to be the bills third best opponent 
obviously the Titans probably take that, unfortunately for both of us. Um, You know, we don't have a ton of a shot at the number one seed really with their week schedule. We'll see, like, obviously you guys don't have a huge chance for the division, but what's your, like, what's, especially losing twice, we have the loss with them too. So we don't get the, we don't get the tiebreaker. Um, What's the overall like mission now? Like you mentioned maybe some changes coming if things don't work out, but yeah, where do you, do you need to go to the playoffs and beat Baltimore, Buffalo, Tennessee? Like what's, what's the goal? Like, like realistic though. Yeah. Yeah. Realistic. Um, you just got you got to make the playoffs at this point. You general, need okay. to be like you need. I don't think it necessarily has to necessarily be. You know, obviously, I want it to be. You know, beating one of those teams, but you have to beat like you have to at least come away with two to three wins against some of those really good teams or those playoff caliber teams. I need to see that, and if I don't, you know, if I don't see that, then this team's probably not going to the, the playoffs. And um, a lot of times this year, it's been because of that defense. So I do wonder, there's been some rumblings around Matt Eberflus, a defensive coordinator, like, will they move on from him? Because, you know, they've had just collapses in the fourth quarter. They've had collapses in the second half. And that just can't happen, especially if you're a team that has playoff and Super Bowl aspirations. Like, those things just simply cannot happen with a team like this, a team that's far too talented to miss the playoffs this year. So. Yeah. Yeah, down the stretch, they need to go on a winning streak. They've actually been pretty good. They've, I think they've won four out of five or something like that. So they just got to keep this winning streak going here. Um, and they need to go, they need to go hand some teams that a lot of people would say are going to just thrash them or beat them. They need to hand them some losses. They have to, or else they're going to be on the outside looking in and they're going to deserve all of it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so um, one thing I want to bring up, uh, we know the Hard Knocks in-season special this year was on the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, Two-part two question here. One, have you had the chance to check that out? And two, do you think that in any way, shape, or form that that's affecting uh, – we know they're professionals and they can handle themselves around the media, but to be the, the Hard Knocks crews there all the time, 24-7 around the building, in the meetings even, um, do you think that's affecting the Colts' play on the field and some decision-making? Yeah. Well, first off, I did check it out. I, I thought it was awesome. Um, as a fan, I love to see that access with with the Colts. Like I, you know, you, you get to see certain things throughout the year, but you don't get to see those type of things. Honestly, I do. I, that has been something that I've wondered about. You know, is like had the Colts. You know, they were all high and mighty this off season. Like we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I do wonder if like they kind of like have been getting humbled this year a little bit. Like okay, we're not as high and mighty as we thought we were. And maybe that is a little bit of a distraction. I don't know necessarily. You know, I, I think knowing Frank Reich's teams, I don't think it is. But, you know, I you don't know. Like, you don't know. They've never had anything like this before. So um, I don't necessarily think it is, though, honestly. I, I do think more of the issue is, like, they, you know, may, I feel like this team a lot of times they get wait, they get overconfident. Like, it's good to be confident, but sometimes they get overconfident and they kind of look past certain teams or certain parts in the game. And it comes back to bite them. And that, that's just been a trend I've seen this year. And uh, it's that's the reason why, you know, they're really not in contention for the AFC South right now. Yeah. Well, Cody, similar similarities, like we said a couple of times, you're not only with schedule, but the Bills the same way. Like, yes, they're very well in contention for the top two seeds, but not with the number one because of those those same reasons. Like they, they let basically the buy slip away for that exact. Yeah. They just weren't focused against the Jags. 
didn't, you know, didn't come capitalize against the Titans would have been a huge game. If you beat the Titans, you can fall against the Jags because quite frankly, if you're going to lose, you want to be, it's funny to say, but you don't want to lose to the Colts or someone that's in contention with you. Give a win to the bad team, like whatever. That's the game you don't want to show up. It doesn't mean anything. Um, So the Bills did lose to the Titans and the Jags. They can't, they can't lose three out of four AFC South teams. It's just not, not what a team that finishes in the top two will do. Um, so it's, it's, I think there's a lot on the plate for them right now. And we'll see what the injury report says coming up with, um, you know, Matt Milano and, and one of their best players in a red Jersey should probably play, but still Tremaine Edmonds. We don't know. We'll see if we see him. They called him day to day. Hasn't practiced. He doesn't go tomorrow. He's not going to go search some of the uh, bills, best players. Um, and then obviously you've already mentioned Star Latula. Like we don't know when people come off the COVID list. Um, you know, so there's some, some defensive injuries there that maybe turns this into more of an offensive game than it looks like, but had to ask you about special teams real quick, and then we'll get your score prediction and get out of here. Yeah. Special teams. How is it in general in Indy? It's something I really focus on can win you games. Bill's already have a loss on it this year. And the kicker thing's kind of weird with the IR kicker. I've seen some like things in Colts world with that, like which kicker people like and stuff. So I see that how special teams in general, and then like talk to me, like right move with not taking off Blankenship. Yeah. So special teams has always been a strength for this team. Um, they actually, honestly, a big reason why they won last week was because of their special teams. They, they blocked a punt, got it for a touchdown. And, you know, that was like, wow, if they didn't do that, could the Jacksonville actually have like won that game, you know? Um, but yeah, special teams has always been really good. Um, it's funny in hard knocks. They actually talked about that exact thing. They looked at Jacksonville. They said, Hey, they don't block really well here. So they called. They actually said Zaire Franklin, who who blocked it. They're like, "All right, you're going to rush here. We think you have a good chance of doing that." And he actually was able to do it. So it's kind of kind of a cool thing how he was able to do that. And you know, they had already prepped for it. But yeah, as far as special teams goes, you know, I would say top unit for sure. Okay. Um, their punter is fantastic. He's one of the best punters in the league. The thing I love that he does on kickoffs a lot of times is he does. He rarely kicks it into the end zone. A lot of times he kicks it like to like the five yard line. So guys are forced to take it out. And a lot of times it works in the Colts favor where Tim teams are kind of pinned back a little bit. Um, and so he's a weapon um, on special teams. And then you mentioned the kicker, Michael Badgley right now, the money badger is kind of his nickname. He's I guess he gave himself, but uh, <laughs> overall he's been really good actually yeah. for this team. Um, you know, he hasn't been an issue, which has been great. He, I think he's missed one field goal so far. He's made all his extra points. He's been efficient. And I think the Colts are doing the smart thing right now where they're not trying to rush Hot Rod back. They don't have to rush him back. And honestly, it's going to be a competition. I feel like that's great, at least for the locker room, to realize, like, hey, we like this guy, Blankenship. But also, like, he's not just going to come back and get his job back, you know? Yeah, fair. Which I think is very good. I think that that's a great way to approach it. So I'm honestly, right now, I I would rather roll with Badgley. Honestly, I would. Um, I want to see him from beyond 50 yards, though, because we haven't really seen that yet. But – Right now, I'd say you're riding the you're riding the hot hand, and I'm good with that. You know, I'm good with riding the hot hand and not trying to make a change now when he's played really well and Blankenship's still coming off of that injury. So right now, Hot Rod stays on IR. We'll see how that plays out, but I'm good with how they're approaching it right now. Fair. Um, Buffalo is where kickers are made, though, so we're gonna see <laughs> outdoors, rain and wind. I've seen kickers die and get cut. Um, playing here and I've seen kickers keep jobs and hit 50 plus yarders and uh, continue to be like 
that's what we developed. Tyler Bass got a really good value on him. And it's now one of the best kickers in the league. Um, we have a weak punting game, but they keep the punter. You know why they keep the punter Cody? Because they call him the best holder in the league. He's increased Tyler Bass's um, field goal percentage up by 15%. Wow. Um, Tyler Bass has missed one kick this season and was 56 yarder at the end of the half against the dolphins. He's made every single kick inside of 50. Um, he's got an incredible streak going and he's money from distance too. So the bills will say, we'll take ding on punting. Um, we want the holder. Um, when the bills do punt, it's not good. Um, uh, they'll play coverage. They'll kick 40 yards and play cut. They really won't allow a return. That's the yeah. style that they'll, that they'll roll with. Um, but I'm excited. Like that's seriously funny. I want to see what the honey badger can do in Buffalo. If he has the opera, maybe he doesn't even, maybe it's all touchdowns. Um, but I want to see what he's, what he's able to do. Like, I mean, that's interesting to me. It's a tough place to kick. Um, yeah. and, um, he can make himself a job. I think, I mean, he can yeah. give himself the rest of the year. Maybe if the Colts do have to move on from him, he can find another position. Um, if they do go the other route, but hey, this is a good, good thing to put on film if you can kick in Buffalo. So that is something I have noted down here. Watch Michael Badgley. I want to see if he's able to kick. That'll impress me. If he's not, well, you'll probably be telling me, Cody. I'd be like, it's probably time to move on from him because um, he's going to have those kicks in January if you make it, man. Um, mm -hmm. So, Cody, give me a score prediction and why. I'm always interested to hear your prediction yeah. um, and, uh, and uh, see what you got to say. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a good game. I think the Colts are going to play well in this game. Um, I think both teams have some injuries that are going to be significant. So, you know, both teams won't be at full strength, which is fair. Um, but, I, you know, I the Colts just haven't really shown me anything. Like, they can do that. Now, I want them to. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, they – against good teams, they just haven't shown me that they can win. So, I can't just – from a fan's perspective, I can't just do that. I have to be objective here. So I'm going to go Buffalo 24, but I'm going to go the Colts 17. I think it's going to be within a score game, but, you know, Buffalo is just there. You guys are a good team, and I want to give you credit where it's due. Um, our offense kind of was not great last year, especially now with the weather. My score prediction might be up if the weather is a little bit better and it doesn't rain, but I think it might be kind of that sloppy type of game if indeed it is raining, you know, throughout the course of the day. So I think it's going to be a good game. I, I could see it going either way, but, I got to go with Buffalo because nothing's shown me so far that the Colts can actually win against good teams. So that's, that's, that's the key to taking the next, next step, Cody. And I'm seriously interested to see what they're able to do um, when, you know, on the road and potentially bad weather against the number one overall defense. Like that could impress me. Like I already have the Colts pretty high up there. Actually one of the teams I would like to avoid if the Colts do get in, um, I'd like to avoid them. I'd, I'd give me new England. I don't, I don't, I want to play new England. I want, they need to get buried. They need to be put in the dirt. Um, but I do not want to play the, uh, the Colts. I just, that game was too close for comfort last year. Um, and I think that they could start ticking on all cylinders. So, um, I do think it's a scary matchup from the bills one that they're not going to take lightly after the playoffs last year and after they took the Jags. So I think if they had won that Jags game, I would have figured, I think the Colts could have really jumped on them and really shown asserted themselves. I think that that game already happened for the bills. Um, so I think you're probably right with what my prediction will probably look like too. We'll give that on Sunday morning, but Cody tell our followers, cause you're a great Colts follow anyways, even when we're not playing game week, uh, especially we seem might match up for playoff round two. So tell us mm -hmm. um, where people can find you, what you work on when your shows are, what you yeah. do, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, first off, appreciate you for having me on. It's always a pleasure to come on. Um, but yeah, as far as like podcasting stuff, like we try to post, if not every day, every other day, you know, we try to keep it pretty up to date and stuff. 
Um, like we actually, for example, we're, we're talking, you know, we just recorded a podcast actually a few hours ago here. So trying to get that up here later tonight. Um, but yeah, as far as like where to listen, I mean, really anywhere uh, where you listen to podcasts. So that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those different places. You can find us on there and also on YouTube as well. Uh, sorry, my thing just died, but I'm here still. Um, that's fine. On YouTube as well, you can find us. Just type in Colts Podcast. We'll show up there as well. And then obviously on Twitter, you can find me and on Facebook at CPFoker55. And then the podcast, you can find that on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Bring the Juice Podcast. Awesome. Cody's got does great. Cody Felger over there does great work. Love his co-host Derek too. Um, they do fantastic. I've jumped on their show occasionally. I'll probably like to jump on shows like that at the toward the end of the year. So check out there. I think they, you guys do a pretty good live show, don't you? If I'm not mistaken, we we try to. Yeah, we try to we try to do some stuff during game time too. To, to yeah, I think I know just some of that. just get more interaction and stuff. Yeah, and they run a good ship. They have a lot. They get a lot of. They do more of like the fan interaction. Some one of your shows at least does one of the fan interaction stuff, and that's that's pretty cool yeah. to check out. Um, so that that show is pretty interactive. Check that out. Hopefully, we don't flood you with bills annoying bills fans, but uh, it's all in good fun, Cody. Um, hope to actually see you someday if you ever make it out, maybe for a road playoff game or maybe vice yeah. versa, uh, where we make it down there for a either a road game or a road playoff game at some point too in the in the future. Cody, love having you on, man. Um, keep in touch. Um, but from the crowd assist podcast brought to you by outlet liquors, uh, outlet liquor and Picasso's boneless wings, get out there and get some of the best flavored wings in town. I'm Kevin Masseri. That's Colin Cody. Appreciate having you. Good night. Now.